in my lifetime I've learned. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that. Well, once you hit rock bottom, the only way to go is up. So, so good luck. Okay, good luck. You say rock bottom, but like, it just seems like things keep getting worse. What What is rock bottom? Who decides what's the bottom of all this? I mean, seriously, you go, okay, today is Friday and I woke up in Cleveland and I'm going, how much worse can it get?
Hello, lazy germs. Welcome to episode 301 of the Hoots Podcast. It's your boy, Josh Lopez. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Lopez Media. Make sure you hit me up on Instagram if you like it, Josh Lopez 94 on Instagram or at Josh Lopez Music. If you want to check out some guitar covers, uh, your ears don't deceive you. That's correct. Episode 301. And um, we're still going to continue to rock and roll here uh, with the Hoots Podcast. Uh, first off, before we get into anything, uh, I really want to thank um, Brother Carter, uh, Referee Tony, and Patrick Fritz for um, deciding to come on air with me uh, last week to record that show for you guys. And it was very special. It was a night I'll never forget. And I'm very appreciative of everybody who took the time to listen to the show. We had some really good numbers this week. And more importantly, numbers to the side, I really appreciate the feedback that we got for last week's episode. Um, I, I mean, I guess you could say it's convenient because it's our th- 300th episode, but any type of feedback, feedback that we get positively or negatively or constructively, I do appreciate those who take the time to listen to the podcast. And I really do appreciate those who care about what we have to say. And, um, you know, last week was very cathartic for me, but for obvious reasons, but, um, I don't want that to cloud over what we were able to accomplish. I want that to be a symbol of the good things that are going on right now. And there's a lot to look forward to. Um, we're going to continue marching forward here. And, you know, maybe some weeks I'm here hosting this show. Some Maybe some weeks I'll take a couple weeks off. You never know. But um, I'm excited to see what this next chapter of this podcast is going to be as we're going to continue on with the show and, as we march on to uh, the road to 500. So, like I said last week, we have a blank canvas. We can make it whatever we want it to be. Um, but I, I believe in um, the power of the work you put in. And I think um, the charm of our show and why it has resonated with people for the last six years is due to the fact that um, consistency, showing up, um, and it's something that I love, too. And I think you guys can feel that with each show that we do. And this podcast is very different from other wrestling podcasts. And the show's not about booking. This show's not about dirt sheet stuff. The show's about uh, embracing and talking about wrestling as if we're sitting in the back porch talking about wrestling or life or just good conversations. I want to I want you to feel like I'm sitting next to you, especially for those who are listening for the first time, you know. We have six years of catalog of episodes that you guys can go find back and listen to. And you'll notice the common thread of the fact that our main goal is to make you have an escape. Hopefully we can make you laugh. Hopefully we can give you a life lesson along the way. Um, and it was just a fun, a fun, fun show to record last week. So again, thank you for uh, checking out episode 300 and it really meant a lot to us. So, Here's to um, here's to our road to road to 500, and um, as we continue on with the show, uh, your guys' support is going to mean a lot to us. Um, lo- looking forward to possibly doing more interactive stuff. Uh, I love stuff like we do with the Good Brothers Q and A session and stuff like that. And I think as we move on, I want to see what else we can do interactive wise. But your guys' feedback is going to mean a lot to us. Uh, hit me up on Twitter maybe a day or two after the show's release, you know, uh, let us know what you like about the show. 
on Apple Podcasts. Our, our show is available free of charge to so anywhere you get your podcasts from. Leave us a review. Let us know what you like or dislike about the podcast. Uh, we're in a new era. I'm open to suggestions now more than ever. Let me know what you guys like about our show. What could we improve on? And what what would you like to hear or even see on the on the Hoops podcast? I'm I'm very I'm very open to any suggestions, positively, negatively, or constructively. I'm I'm open to that. I want this show to be the best that it can be, and I want it to mean something to you guys. So uh, the interaction part is going to be a very big part of uh, this next era of the Hoops podcast, and I want I want that feedback. So for those who are consistent with like saying questions for the Good Birds Q&A. That means a lot. Hell, if we could do an episode here and there on slow weeks during the like build up towards pay-per-views, if we could just do one episode where it's just questions, I'm fine with that. If it's a week where we get a lot of questions about life, sports, or relationships, I, I want to talk about that. Uh, I'm literally open to anything, and your guys' interaction is really going to play a big part of what the future of the show is going to look like. So um, other things I want to plug really quick, make sure to bookmark ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Uh, <laughs> join the grind, pal. Uh, I woke up this morning uh, at some 30 to do a New Japan show, New Japan Cup, uh, Shishuaka. Uh, today, it was the 10th event on the tour. Uh, I think it concludes in about a week or so. Uh, we're getting close towards the finals of the New Japan Cup, so I think I'll talk a little bit more about the New Japan Cup once it's over, but, um, you know, I, I explained my situation about um, not being compensated for this uh, particular tour, which is unfortunate, but uh, I, you know, sometimes it's, uh, this part of the industry, you have to make sacrifices and stuff like that, but um, just because I'm not being compensated didn't mean I was going to be reclusive and be like, you know what, I'm not going to pay for it, so I'm not going to cover the New Japan Cup. I'm still doing it. I covered every show that they've done so far this month, um, and that's not going to stop. So uh, I think you guys uh, can realize the sacrifices I do make on that website, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com, my website, that I don't make any money off of, and I don't charge people for it. It's a service out there for people who wanted to use it as a point of reference, or um, it can be used for a lot of things. Like I said, a point of reference for people who host podcasts. It can be a point of reference for people who run wrestling schools, and it can be a tool for anything. It can be for you to catch up with the shows if you don't have the time to watch them on TV. Or you're on the road and you're bored at a gas station. Or you're waiting for your dental appointment. Or you're <laughs> uh, chilling in a room trying to get your taxes done. You know, it's tax season. Tax man! <laughs> That's a great George Harrison song. So, again, check out ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. I think you really enjoy it. Take a quick swig of water really quick. Oh, man. Broadcaster's best friend, H2O. So, I didn't get a lot of questions this week for the Good Bears Q&A, which is fine. Uh, I think we had a record last week, obviously, <laughs> with the 300th episode. But uh, I got questions this week from the Good Bird, Chris Zaletta at X-Team Zaletta, X-Team Zaletta 24X. And then 
our good buddy Patrick Fritz sent us a couple questions as well. Um, lastly, certainly not least, like I said, uh, the show's available to you free of charge anywhere you get podcasts from. Make sure to uh, support Bert Carter's work. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Derek Stoughton. Uh, check out DerekStoughton.com. Also, uh, support his work as well at WrestlingRumors.net. Um, I think you really appreciate it. And uh, you'll hear Bert Carter later on in the show today uh, in the thoughts of Derek o. That's um, going to be following what the hell is wrong with AEW. So you'll hear from uh, Derek. <laughs> and um, um, shout out to Bert Carter as always. Um, let's see. Before I get started, I do want to say happy St. Patrick's Day uh, for those who celebrate it. Um, I know it's a holiday. We also had a, another wrestling holiday yesterday. It was uh, 316 day. What? You got to drink some water. What? Some orange Gatorade. What? <laughs> Lime. What? Whiskey. What? Tequila. What? <laughs> um. You know, I I was watching <laughs> I was watching um, Stone Cold's appearance on the Rich Eisen show yesterday, which you'll, you'll hear a little bit of, of it uh, in the WWE segment this week of the podcast. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. I I never seen Stone Cold Steve Austin perform in person before, so I'm really excited to see how that goes down at J World in a couple of weeks. Okay, uh, enough song. Let's get into it. Let's get into the Good Brothers Q and A session. All right, this sounds like we used to do. With the good man himself, Chris Aletta, 24X on Twitter. Here you go. What up, Boost? Here's some questions for the QA this week. How are you feeling episode 300 after episode 300? Um, I feel vindicated. Um, I feel um, a sense of you know, my hard work is paying off, and people are actually acknowledge, acknowledging it now. Um, uh, I feel a big sense of relief that it's over. Um, I, I, I had I was just overwhelmed with a lot of pressure and a lot of emotions going into that show last week, and a lot of pressure to not let you guys down. I wanted that show to be special for everybody, and um, you know the only sucky part about it was not having Adam on there with us, but as far as me breaking down or trying to get to that announcer or anything like that. I don't regret that one bit. Um, I feel I feel great. I'm very happy with the feedback that we got for this episode. Uh, I'm very happy for guys like you and Mike from Houston and et cetera, et cetera. And my guy, Anthony DeStefano, who also uh, hosts a great podcast called Elite POV. You should check it out if you're an AEW fan. Um, you know, th- those people that I rely on <laughs> – uh, that could call friends and brothers and stuff like that. That reached out to me and like, hey, you know, people care about this podcast. You shouldn't stop doing it. And that's largely the big reason why I made that announcement last week. So, um, regardless of that, I, I'm I'm really like honestly, I can say right now, I'm more together and I'm more at peace in my life right now than I ever been. Um, I mentioned my struggles with self doubt. I mentioned. Um, having my heart fractured and, you know, dealing with a, probably the sharpest rejection of my life. <laughs> uh, I, I've been an open book with you guys for the last six years, and I, I hope you guys appreciate that and know that I'm not putting the front on and I'm not trying to say things to get things out of sympathy. Everything I say comes from my heart, and I mean it. 
And I don't say things just to get a reaction out of people too. And um, that, that's the charm of the show. I don't want to act like I had this tough exterior. Uh, sometimes I don't give myself enough credit for how internally strong I am and what, what I've overcome in my life. And, you know, uh, I guess, I, I guess the big part of that is that I don't want sympathy for people. Uh, and I just really appreciate having this platform to be myself. I appreciate the fact that people care <laughs> what little old me has to say about professional wrestling or life in general. I, I like, I, it's really cool to wake up every Friday morning uh, to see like a guy like my brother, uh, Sam Piopo at second city, Sam be like no better way to start his weekend than listening to our show. That, that really means a lot to me. I, I really mean that. Uh, it's pretty cool because I I started this stuff a long time ago, and I started at a really young age. I the first like wrestling video thing or media I ever did was when I was 19 years old, and I it started here on YouTube. I was doing like Google topic videos. I think some of them are still up on my channel, <laughs> and to see how, the maturing that I've made in the last eight to nine years is really one thing, but um. I, I'm just really happy with the fact that the show has remained true to its core. Uh, it's remained true to what its purpose is and the fact that we're here to have fun, talk about wrestling, and let it be an escape for all of you. That's literally what it is at the end of the day. And I, I can't thank the guys enough who made this show what it is for the last six years. So, you know, the feedback was awesome. Chris, last week, you had some awesome questions. I appreciate the audio shout-out uh, that you sent. I also want to give a shout-out to referee Tony for his clip, Pat, Sam, uh, my guy Rob Aurelius from ARCG Media as well. Um, everybody that sent audio shout-outs, you didn't have to do that. So all in all, man, <laughs> episode 300 was a success, and I'm just very happy that um, – we're going to continue on, and I feel like we have the best wrestling podcast out there. So just thank you guys again. It really means a lot. So I'm in a good place, bro. Trust me, I'm, I'm in a good place. All right. Thoughts on NFL free agency so far? Well, I think it's a crock of shit that, um, that the NFL has their, like, NFL network people talk about, you know, this person going here, that place on Monday – during the legal tampering period, but teams can't make it official until Wednesday. I, I just don't get that. It kind of takes the fun out of the announcement of who's going where. There's been some very interesting moves. Uh, I will say the Chargers are going to be something to reckon with uh, this upcoming season. Um, you know, Matt got traded there last week. They signed J.C. Jackson. Uh, that was a big-time pickup. There for them, uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, another uh, nose guard that will help them out as well. I don't know what in the blue hell the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing, but that's nothing new. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot of scuttlebutt about what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. Uh, I'm kind of indifferent towards him as a person. And I thought he was overrated when he was a starting quarterback anyway, so I really don't give a shit where he goes next. Um, curious to see what the second wave 
a free agency is going to look like. Uh, there's still a lot of good players that are out there that haven't been signed yet. I don't know if that's the market as to why we're not getting more bigger name signings than we, we would expect at this time. But there's been a lot of movement, and uh, there's a question about Mr. Bisky, which I'll get in a couple minutes. But overall, uh, free agency has been cool. And it's just very interesting to see how, like, the market for the NFL is. And, like, you expect a lot of signings, right? Especially here on a Thursday. It's been kind of slow. Like, I saw today that Casey Hayward got signed by the Atlanta Falcons. Um, But I don't know. Maybe it's something where the free agents are being more picky this offseason. And they're trying to find the right teams to go to. And there's a lot of teams that have had a lot of success over the last couple years and are in some financial uh, issues when it comes to cap space. So I'm just curious to see how that plays out as we march on towards this free agency period. But this thing, I can't pinpoint what's the next wave of signings are going to happen. I'm happy that my Bears got uh, an offensive lineman, Lucas Patrick from the Packers, Laird Ogunjobi for the Bengals. uh, was probably our biggest get so far. Um, it, it, NFL's king, so I never not entertain with the NFL. Uh, I, I am kind of curious as to what as to why we've been having less volume of signings the last couple days. Hell, I'm recording this on a Thursday afternoon. It's one thirty six here in Chicago, um, and there's just haven't been a lot of moves uh, the last couple days. So I'm curious to see what that looks like. Curious to see where Tyron Matthew goes. Uh, Tron Armstead still out there. Allen Robinson, Akeem Hicks. The list goes on and on. But that's a great question. Uh, thoughts on Killer Cross heading to New Japan Pro Wrestling? Uh, I'm very happy for him. I, I I saw the little vignette that he put out on his Twitter page the other day. Looks like he's going to be fighting Suzuki Minoru. <laughs> Uh, they're going to be fighting at each other at WrestleCon. Uh, I got to tell you, man, it's kind of – it's not a sucky situation for me because I'm getting to see my favorite wrestler outside of CM Punk get inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame on, on that Friday night. But it's like we got the Impact versus New Japan like special that they're doing on Fight TV. They got this Lone Star thing that's being a company for New Japan Strong. Um there's a lot of stuff going on at WrestleCon at the same time as SmackDown and uh, the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I guess it's kind of hard in general to try to fit in those type of shows, especially when it's WrestleMania weekend, you know. Um, it's just the timing of all that. If I, if I had, like, the, the funds and the means to, like, oh, I could rush out to see this um, show at WrestleCon, it's probably going to be over by the time the Hall of Fame is over because they're, they're airing the Hall of Fame special uh, right after SmackDown's over, I believe on Peacock, if I'm not mistaken. So um, I'm happy for Cross. I think it's a good move for him. Uh, I mentioned before, Cross would be a good fit in New Japan. Uh, if he's going to be a fixture on New Japan Strong uh, for the American version of New Japan, uh, I think it's great for them. And I'm just, I'm happy for him. You know, whatever happened with him in WWE, it is what it is. I'm not going to come here and be like, oh, this went wrong, that went wrong. It's a, a fortunate situation. I thought he'd be a great character there. It just didn't work out. And that's the thing with wrestling, you know. <laughs> we don't always have to make 
we don't always have to pinpoint the blame for every little thing in wrestling. Sometimes you would think a performer would work well in one promotion, and sometimes it just doesn't work for where that company is at that point. So that's my thoughts on it. Uh, next question. Good fit for Mitch Trubisky in Pittsburgh. Uh, wonderful uh, fit, uh, Chris. And <laughs> I'm not going to pat myself on the shoulder, but I did mention it would be cool to see Mitch Trubisky go to Pittsburgh. And there he is right now. I saw the press conference Mitch had with the local media in Pittsburgh right before I recorded the podcast today. And um, I'm just very happy for him, and I'm, I want him to succeed. I'm always going to be a fan of Mitch Trubisky. You can throw your arrows at me. I really don't give a shit. Um, I, I've always been a fan of his. I thought he got a raw deal here in Chicago. Um, there's, of course, he's not trying to play blinds or anything like that. He, he wasn't a top five or top ten quarterback during his run here. But honestly, whoever is a top five, top ten quarterback in Chicago – the city doesn't know how to evaluate quarterbacks if it slaps them in the face. The organization doesn't know how to evaluate quarterback play or development and how to bring that to another level if it slapped them in the face. We haven't won a Super Bowl since 1985. It's 2022. Um, <laughs> I, honestly, I, you know, I'm happy for him that he's in a rich tradition, rich tradition history type of franchise like Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin is my favorite coach in the NFL, and I think he's going to do very well there. And here's the thing. He's playing with house money. He has nothing to lose. And when you have people downing you and people try to make Mr. Bisky as the, jo- the, buck of e- the butt of everybody's jokes – and the most mocked quarterback in the social media era that I've seen over the last couple of years, you know, you have that chip on your shoulder and you want to prove people wrong. I'm, I'll admit to a certain extent, I'm driven out of spite and proving people wrong. So I always root for Mitch Trubisky and I think it's a good fit for him in Pittsburgh. And I think he's going to do a good job. So, uh, Oh, interesting question here. Favorite match so far from the new Japan cup. Um, I got two. Uh, it's Tomohiro Ishii and Shingo Takagi for the first round, and then Okada and Desperado would be the other pick. Uh, there's been a lot of good matches. I mean, Naito and Tanahashi had a good match on Tuesday. We had, um, Will Osprey. Knockout Sonata today uh, in their third-round match. I thought that was an interesting uh, finish there. Um, got Evil and Hiromu Takahashi tomorrow at Corkin Hall. Um, there's been a lot of good matches, but I, if I had to pinpoint two so far, Chris, it would be Okada and Desperado and um, Shingo and Ishii for the first round. Those are my favorite ones that I typed out so far. Do you believe we'll see Satel move to Raw and SmackDown after Mania? Yes, I do. Uh, also, I think that brand split will um, end in 2022. Uh, next question. Rank the Brock characters. Next week being Beast Incarnate, Cowboy Farmer Brock. Okay. Um, Number one for me is Next Big Thing. Number two is Cowboy Brock. 
and then three beasts incarnate. That's how I would do it. That's a good question. How about you guys? How would you rank that? Like, what what is your favorite iteration of Brock Lesnar's character? Um, Brock Lesnar celebrating 20 years with the WWE this year. I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Uh, last question for Chris here. He says, Thunder Rosa is the new AEW Women's Champion. How refreshing is it? Uh, you'll hear my comments and Brother Carter's comments about that Steel Cage match. It may not be to the liking of everybody on social media, but I am very happy for her. Uh, I first saw Thunder Rosa perform in Lucha Underground even before she got her buzz in the NWA. Uh, I've been rocking with uh, Thunder Rosa for a long time, and she's a wonderful performer and a wonderful person from from what I've seen. I never had a chance to interview her or have a chance to meet her in person, but, um, you know, good people who work hard and make a name for themselves on their own terms, I have a lot of respect for that. So I think it's refreshing. I thought Britt's tottering was overstaying its welcome, but um, all in all, I thought... Thunder uh, win the title uh, last night was pretty cool. So it is refreshing. My thoughts on the match otherwise is not, <laughs> it's not so favorable, but um, nonetheless, I, I thought, I thought that was pretty cool. Thanks for your questions this week, man. I appreciate it. Chris is always, you always send good ones. Um, let's get to uh, Patrick Fritz here as we wrap up this uh, good brothers Q and a session. Uh, here you go. He says, make sure to follow him on Twitter, by the way, at RatedPWF. Rest in peace, Scott Hall. Best Scott Hall memory. Oh, man. Um, I got a couple in one second. I'll say uh, probably the... F- the first one that really stands out me for stands out to me uh, as far as memories is <laughs> him and Kevin Nash <laughs> poking fun at um, Sid Vicious in WCW, uh, where Sid's like, "I got half the brain that you got." <laughs> I think that's the first one that comes off the top of my head. I I always cracked it up when I see that video. Um, obviously, the the match he had with Stone Cold at WrestleMania 18, uh, the starter where he basically sold it like he was falling out of Earth. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, you know, getting to see him at uh, Raw 25 was pretty cool. We came out at the at the Manhattan Center, and then you had um, you know, I, I actually saw Scott Hall in person. Uh, last year at WrestleMania because the NWO was going into the Hall of Fame. So I have a lot of those memories. Those ones come off the top of my head. Uh, obviously, you can't be remiss without mentioning the match you had with X-Pac, uh, the one 2 3 kid on Raw back in the day. Um, that whole initial first stage of what the NWO is going to be with the Outsiders. There's a lot of good memories, and I, I, I saw that news uh right before Raw started on Monday. And that was a bummer. You know, you know, you never like seeing your legends go out early like that. Um, he had three heart attacks and was taken off of life support. And it was just a really crappy situation. But um, I think all of us would agree that he's no longer in pain and he's in a much better place right now. So my thoughts and condolences go out to the, the fans, the friends, the colleagues, and the family. Uh, Scott Hall, um, a legend in a lot of ways. A lot of the 
people that you like the concepts that you see in wrestling uh are due to a lot of the stuff that scott hall did and um he's gonna be definitely missed for sure hey yo there you go <laughs> Um, okay, let's see. Let's go to the next one here. Do you, do you think uh, Mania incorporates some sort of Intercontinental Championship ladder match in his honor? I, I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, if you want to make it a Raw versus SmackDown type of thing where you add other people that don't have a match at WrestleMania, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, is Mania too long, too much filler that should be really used on weekly TV? Uh, is there a need for so many celebrity matches with Logan Paul and Johnny Maxville? Um, is Mania too long? No, I, I thought what they had last year in Tampa Bay with the two nights was uh, kind of apropos of what you, you would want out of WrestleMania. Event. I think it was like, what, two or three and a half hours uh, shows each? Uh, trust me, <laughs> I can understand people's frustrations with having a WrestleMania go from, um, you know, starting at six o'clock and then ending it at 11 o'clock, you know, a five hour main show plus a two hour pre-show. I could understand the fatigue with that. Uh, but I think splitting it up with two nights, um, is actually going to give the matches that maybe you would not be interested in due to storyline reasons. Those matches will really resonate with you in a much different way than you would them cramming it into one particular show. And you have a match that goes on for six minutes and then their match goes 15 and, and you know, stuff like that. Uh, I think this WrestleMania is going to have a different vibe. And I think there's a lot of matches on this card that are going to surprise a lot of people. And I'm going to talk about that um, in the WWE segment this week. Uh, there's a lot of matches people are sleeping on. And I think, those people are going to go into that show with a chip on their shoulder. So, no. I don't think I don't think Mania is too long. I don't know if it's going to be sustainable to do two nights of WrestleMania at every uh, stadium they go to going forward. But for now, I'm, I, I'm kind of liking the new format. I can't lie. As far as too many celebrity matches, I don't really relate Pat McAfee as a celebrity, though. He's had his matches in NXT. He's been a fixture on SmackDown on commentary over the last couple of uh, months, basically this whole year, to be honest with you. Um, I don't look as Pat, I don't put Pat McAfee in the same category as Logan Paul and Johnny Knoxville. Um, I think Logan Paul is a natural fit in WWE. I'm not going to lie, I think he works in that environment. Uh, and Johnny Knoxville's been getting good receptions from the crowd. Here's the thing. You, you don't want to have, obviously, a WrestleMania littered with six or seven different celebrity matches. But let's not forget, WrestleMania is not Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle, uh, WrestleMania is not even about for glory. It's not a wrestling show where you have grudge matches that go on for 25, 30 minutes. For every year you have your Kurt Angle and Shawn Michael matches or or like for example this year Edge and AJ Styles or Edge and Randy Orton type match or a Kevin Owens Seth Rollins grudge match at the the performance center you know other grudge matches that I can bring up here and there that's not all that's not all littered through the entire card and you know with I think people kind of get misconstrued with the comparisons of how Wrestle Kingdom and 
WrestleMania are treated as two different things. You have, I don't know, five to eight different storylines going into that set event. When it comes to New Japan, you got your tile matches, and then the undercard is just tag matches that you can see on any other New Japan show. Like, <laughs> if you had the New Japan formula, uh, formula you would have a bunch of six-man tags. You know, let's use uh, House House of Crap or House of Torture, for example. You would have four House of T- Torture matches in two nights. I don't know if anybody wants to sign up for that. <laughs> uh, I I think when you look at celebrity matches, and when it, when you're using celebrities, my gauge is this: if they're getting a reaction from the crowd, that's a good thing. You don't want a celebrity involved where people are indifferent to. Hell, there's people who are bad, uh, uh, doubting Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny stole night one. <laughs> Bad Bunny got a better reaction at WrestleMania last year than Sasha Banks. Bad Bunny did a good job. <laughs> uh, Johnny Knoxville's been getting good, good, good reactions. The work that him and Sami Zayn are doing right now is some hilarious shit. You need to find a way to implement some type of comedy. This is a spectacle. This is not a... It is the Super Bowl of the WWE, but it's not the Super Bowl in the sense that okay, this is our big event and everything is super serious and we're going to have Wrestle Kingdom type matches. It's just not WrestleMania. and never, WrestleMania's never been that. And WrestleMania's never going to be that. It's like <laughs> we've had WrestleMania going on my entire life. I'm turning 28 in May this year. And it still amazes me that people still act like, wow, I can't believe they're having celebrities wrestle at WrestleMania. Well, picture your thoughts <laughs> if you saw the first WrestleMania. <laughs> you know, I wasn't alive during that time period. My, my, um, I think my parents were like teenagers at that time, still in elementary school when the first WrestleMania went down. You know, it's just a different experience for a lot of different people. I don't think having celebrities at WrestleMania is a bad thing. I really don't. But that's a great question. I appreciate uh, Chris and Pat for sending some awesome questions this week. As always, if you ever want to ask me a question, all you have to do is hit me up at Josh Lopez Media or send us a question to the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about what happened this week in WWE right here on the Hoots Podcast. I am the benchmark of the WWE. You see, for the last two weeks, my synapses have been firing at such a rapid degree that it took me time to decipher the code of what I've actually become. That's above all your capability of understanding. You're simple. That's not your fault, so I'll grant you mercy. I'll put this in terms you can understand. I am better than everyone. I'm better than all of you, but that's a given. What I mean is I am better than everyone, every single person in this entire industry. 
But since I came back two years ago, I haven't shown that aptitude. In trying to appease all of you, I took my eye off the prize, allowing a man like Randy Orton to tear my triceps from the bone. Allowing Seth Rollins to cost me the Universal Championship, walk into my home and piss all over my territory. Allowing the Aquaman cosplayer Roman Reigns, a man who can't lace my boots, to stack pin me at WrestleMania. And if that edge faced AJ Styles at WrestleMania, then AJ would leave that edge in the dust. But that edge, that edge is dead, baby. Because now I sit perched on my mountain of omnipotence looking down at everyone. I won't be judged by any of you. I won't be judged by anyone in that locker room, and I certainly won't be judged by you, AJ. So, AJ, if, and this is a monumental if, you make it to WrestleMania with two generational talent facing each other for the first time on the grandest stage of them all, then, AJ, you will be judged. Boo that man! Boo! Nah, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'll admit, there's a little, like, confusion on man when he talks about the mountain of Omnitmitis, or wherever the fuck that's pronounced. <laughs> it's like the, um, Steve Miller band song. To the Pompatus of Love. <laughs> I'm a winner, what, I'm a sinner, what, I'm a player, what, and I'm a sinner, what, I, I drench on waterfall all night, <laughs> oh man, one thing I am not is a drinker, and I'm definitely not a smoker, your boy is straight edge, don't forget that pal, alright guys, welcome back to the podcast this week, <laughs> um, Time to talk about what happened this week in WWE and go over the WrestleMania match card for uh, WrestleMania 38 and NXT uh, Sand Deliver uh, coming up on the Saturday morning of night one. Speaking of WrestleMania, I got my tickets. <laughs> my main Mania tickets came in uh, the other day and I've got very lucky. For those who know, I bought a travel package, my first travel package for WrestleMania. A uh, little bit of hard work got me to the point to pay off something like that. Is usually I don't like, I don't usually expend a lot on myself. Uh, I don't really do like big time purchases on myself, but I felt that I earned the right to have this travel package, and I bought it, and I got some really dope see it seats. I'm, I'm very excited to be down there in Dallas, and. <laughs> Uh, I'll share pictures with you guys from where I'm sitting at, and it's going to be a damn good time. But let's talk about SmackDown last week. You know, we had SmackDown every single Friday night on Fox. 
this week's SmackDown was in Birmingham, Alabama. I want to give a shout out to my guy, uh, Jason Thomas, another guy who was a alumni of the Illinois Media School. Uh, he brought his son and his wife to the show last week. I saw his pictures on Facebook, so a big shout out to you, uh, my man, Jason. Hope you had a great time at the show. Uh, let's hear some comments here from the Usos. It's, it's Friday Night Smackdown, and the bloodline is now in your city. Yeah. 236 days as your Smackdown tag team champion. That's almost one year. Roman Reigns, 557 days as your Universal champion. That's almost two years. But check it, WWE management literally ain't got no worthy opponent for the Usos at WrestleMania. You know why? Why, Us? Because they the tools and we the ones. Throw them ones up there, folks. Throw them ones up there. You got to feel it in your chest. <laughs> nice to hear the Usos there. Uh, they're currently slated right now to fight uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boots for the SmackDown Tag Team titles on WrestleMania Saturday. Curious to see how that plays out. Um, we had a couple of fortunate incidents went down on SmackDown last week. Uh, first off, um, Big E wants to my thoughts and prayers go out to Big E. Uh, fortunately, he broke his neck during the match he had with uh, Rich Holland and Sheamus in the tag match with the New Day, which I know is a pre- pretty good match to kick off the show. Uh, we'll get to the Brock Lesnar Paul Heyman stuff in a couple minutes, but I thought that match was pretty cool, and I thought, you know, that injury I thought was going to play a big factor as well as going to be the tag title picture for WrestleMania. I thought it would be an interesting way you could do a four-way tag team ladder match at WrestleMania for those titles. Uh, with Usos, uh, Boogs, and Nakamura, New Day, and uh, Sheamus and Rich Holland. Uh, there's other stuff that we got to get into as far as that's concerned. But, um, you know, my thoughts go out to Biggie, man. You know, this business is not easy. I've seen a lot of people take nasty bumps on the floor, and there's risks that come with this industry. And anybody that's going on our way to attack Rich Holland, I think it's a Nimrod. I think that's ridiculous, and that should not happen. And... Obviously, you never want to see a wonderful person and a guy that's beloved by everybody in the wrestling industry get injured like that. Um, but Biggie had some comments about his situation, and here's some here's here's some thoughts from Biggie. I can't thank all of you beautiful people enough for all of your concern and your messages. It's very heartwarming. Uh, I can move all my digits. You see that? That's nice. That's always a good thing. Um, strength feels fine. But unfortunately, uh, right now, they tell me my neck is broken. So there's that. But uh, once again, thank you, everybody. I'm going to be all right. I'll be good. Don't worry. Go to sleep. Don't worry about all me. But uh, for real, thank you. And uh, I appreciate all of you. For real. So our thoughts go out to Big E. Uh, so start off <laughs> awesome, man. <laughs> Cowboy Brock's the best. And then seeing him just run through security guards in the grill position was absolutely phenomenal. I was laughing my ass off. To see him do that uh, was just awesome. <laughs> like, p- picture if you're in that position and Brock Lesnar's running after you. 
like let me know hit me up at twitter at josh lopez media like if you could describe it in a gif what would be your reaction if you saw somebody like brock lesnar running after you my lord (laughs) cuckoo could chew the walrus escaped birmingham in his pickup truck Oh my god, that, that that was a pretty funny way to start off the show. They did say that Brock Lesnar and uh, Paul Heyman will be at SmackDown uh, this week. So we'll see what goes down tomorrow night as I'm recording this on a Thursday. Um, so good stuff there. I thought SmackDown for the most part was okay. I, I would say this was a great show or anything like that. We had Sasha Banks and Naomi defeat Shayna Baszler and Natalya. Uh, building up for this triple threat women's tag team top match that we'll be seeing at WrestleMania. A couple weeks away from our WrestleMania preview show. That should be a lot of fun. Um, also, I want to mention from SmackDown this past week, we had another tremendous match with Ricochet and Sami Zayn for the IC title. No shenanigans. That was all down to uh, Ricochet retaining uh, the title. We had the Pat McAfee Austin Theory brawl. That was pretty cool. Kind of curious to see how the play out of that angle is going to go. I don't know if it's something where Austin Theory gets to the point where McAfee has to put his uh, broadcasting career with WWE on the line. Maybe that's the angle they want to go with with that. I'm curious to see how that goes. But I, I can definitely see Austin Theory getting the one-ups on Pat McAfee after what happened last week. But I thought that was a cool little brawl. And I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by that match. I really am. Like I mentioned earlier in the Q&A, I don't classify Pat McAfee as a celebrity. I think he's in that WWE wrestling realm as much as anybody. So, um, and then the show wrapped up following an interesting conversation earlier in the show. We had a Pure Six brawl in the backstage area with uh, Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. You know how I about matches that people are kind of undermining and, you know, a match that people could, uh, match when people are coming in with chips on their shoulders. I think it's this one, man. I really do. I think that, uh, in my opinion, that um, Ronda and Charlotte could steal the show on uh, WrestleMania Saturday. I really believe that. I think they're going to come in with a chip in their shoulder. Uh, they had a tremendous match at Survivor Series 2018. And I feel that uh, her and Charlotte especially are going to want to steal the show. And I, I, when you get doubted, like these two have been doubted toward your feud. And I'm not going to tell you you're right or wrong if you like this feud or you're indifferent to it. You, more power to you. You guys think for yourselves. Uh, for me though, I, I really feel like these two are going to put on an awesome match and I think it's going to be a, a fun one to type out when I get back to my hotel so <laughs> that should be a lot of fun also I'm adding uh, Ronda Rousey to the waterfall vortex my gosh she looked sexy on Friday I just gotta say it she looked fucking sexy on Friday uh, it's really interesting like for me I always like girls when they're all in their natural state like that where they don't have to rely so much on the makeup and stuff man she was on another level <laughs> on Friday night so Overall, I thought SmackDown was decent. Uh, let's talk about Raw this past Monday in Jacksonville, Florida. Duval! We got a good audience down there in Jacksonville, by the way. So I want to give a shout-out to the, uh, everybody down there in Jacksonville. Uh, maybe we're not uh, over in <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguar area. But um, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, so the show started off with Kevin Owens 
giving his thoughts and his response to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Let's play a little bit of that. Hey, yo. What you're looking at right now is the happiest Canadian camper in the world. Because, ladies and gentlemen, it's official. I am going to WrestleMania! And uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not just going to WrestleMania. I am, as I'm concerned, I'm just going to WrestleMania. I am going to the main event of WrestleMania Saturday because my guest on that night for the KO show is none other than the greatest of all time, Stone Cold Steve Austin. For a minute there, it looked like all hope was lost for me being at WrestleMania. So you know what I did? I used my superior Canadian intellect. And I started thinking, what can I do? And that's when I got it. I know what to do. Since none of these yellow teeth, mouth-breathing Texans can turn down a challenge, why not challenge the absolute embodiment of Texas himself? See, I knew Stone Cold would accept. And now, I gotta say, I'm pretty proud of myself because now the entire world is a nice, cold can of Canadian beer after I'm done with you. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I don't even like beer, but I'm going to make an exception on that night. Because, Steve, mark my words, nobody will be saying, oh, hell yeah, when I'm done with you. In fact, everyone is going to be saying, oh, hell no, as they watch me beat the living hell out of you. And that's the bottom line, because K.O. said so. What the hell? 
Oh, that was wonderful. <laughs> That's great. We got Raw coming up here in Chicago in a couple days at the Allstate Arena. I don't know about you. This is not rumor or speculation. I know it would be easy to see, like, you know what? Austin doesn't need to show up before WrestleMania, but if he were to show up at any time before WrestleMania, it would be this Monday in Chicago, his favorite building. I'm not telling you that he's going to show up, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Just keep your eyes and see if the rattlesnake shows up at uh, at the Allstate Arena on Monday. Stone Cold was on the Rich Eisen show this week. I wanted to play a little bit of that and hear his thoughts on his thoughts going into WrestleMania this year. You're going to go to Dallas for WrestleMania 38, home of the Dallas Cowboys, man. Yeah. Uh, on April 2nd and 3rd, that'll be seen right here on Peacock. I mean, amazing. What if I had told you back in the day you're going to be wrestling WrestleMania 38? I Steve, told you, you I mean, full of something. I bet, right? Yeah. But you know what? Th this opportunity comes up. Kevin Owens starts running me down and gets my attention. And you know what? It was a thing where I kind of said, you know, I'm, I'm never going to get in the ring again. Mm -hmm. And in this business, they always say, hey, never say never. And But I said I would never get in. But, you know, prompted by the right person at the right time, hell, I actually wish you to piss me off a little sooner than it did to give me a little bit more time to prep. Because <laughs> once you go into that ring, man, that's just like stepping on a football field or, you know, onto a baseball diamond or in, onto a hockey rink. That, right. That's where business happens. And so we, we don't know what's going to escalate to, but... You know, really been working on my on my conditioning, and you know, had it been anywhere else other than you know, Jerry's place yeah. down there, I saw George Strait on the Cowboy Rides Away tour, sold out 103,000, and it was amazing. So it's a two night event. You know, WWE is the biggest show of the year. I mean, uh, WrestleMania is the biggest show of the year. So to be a part of that is really special to me, and it get it, you know, I'm doing this for me. I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna have a damn blast. I'm gonna have fun, and I'm, I'm gonna wear I'm gonna wear these two fists out on Kevin Owens, and I'm sure he's gonna get some too because he's had an amazing career. And I'm glad that, that he pissed me off when he did. <laughs> yeah, why? Can I? Well, can I I'll give you a story? Yeah. Long time ago, when I was still active in the ring, I was on the road somewhere. I think we we're in Canada. I was about to get on an airplane, and this kid comes up behind me. It was Kevin Owens? Him and another guy. He goes, hey, Stone Cold. He goes, my name is Kevin Owens. You know, I just want to know, I'm, I'm in the business a couple of years. Can you give me any advice? Mm. And he started telling me about all the offensive moves that he was doing, stuff like that. And I said, kid, I said, you need to stop doing all those crazy moves and learn how to run your mouth. He goes, I said, you need to learn how to cut a promo. And Kevin Owens is a student of the game. Now he cuts one of the best promos in the business, and he got my attention with his promo. So he's a guy that's had a career that many, many uh, would love to have. He's been in it over 20 years, longer than I have. And it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting challenge because in my documentary a while back on A&E, I said, yeah. Yeah, as, as an active performer, you never want to come off the road because if you come off the road, you get soft. And NFL football player tells you the same thing. You go through off season, you got to get calloused up and get ready to go, right? So he's ready to go. And so I got my work cut out for, for me uh, on a Saturday, April 2nd, two-night event, April 2nd, 3rd, and I'm going to be there whipping some ass. And so when you yeah. say you're doing it for you, what do you what do you mean by that? Well, when I left, I didn't want to leave. You know, WrestleMania 19, I you know my neck had presented some problems. Right. And uh, you know after I'd gotten uh, spiked and dropped on my head back in '99, I had three, four fused up, 
and it was time for me to ride off in the sunset and do something else. So this this comeback uh, means a lot to me, uh, as I've you know been getting back in ring shape, and uh, I'm gonna go out there and uh, do the absolute best I can. But I've said this, uh, I said this on, on my biography again. I, I just refer back to that too many times here, but go for it. You know, my wife uh, knows how much I love her. My family uh, knows how much I love them. Uh, my daughters and my stepdaughter know how much I love them. But uh, professional wrestling, they call it sports entertainment these days, is the number one passion in my life. You know, I like to hunt, I like to fish, I like to ride my four wheelers. But but the business of sports entertainment is in my blood. So to get a chance to go back on the on the world's grandest stage and one of the greatest stadiums of all time uh, means a lot to me. So I'm I'm doing this for the fans. I'm doing this for WWE, but I'm doing this for me, number one. What? What? Shout out to Rich Eisen. Uh, audio there from uh, the Rich Eisen show. Check it out. It's a pretty damn good show. Overall, I, I thought Raw was uh, pretty good. And you guys heard the edge promo going into the segment. Uh, I, I, I don't want to be a broken record, but can you tell me that he's not having a better second run right now than Shawn Michaels did when he first came back? Man, Edge is clicking on all cylinders right now. There's a couple of other matches I wanted to mention before we go into our um, next part of our show. Um, you know, Montez Ford and Matt Riddle, I thought that was really good. The um, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins match was really good as well, so I want to give a shout-out to those guys. Um, by the way, going back to SmackDown really quick, folks, stop with the fucking bitching when it comes to name changes and stuff. If you really think Pete Dunne's career is over because they call him but- Butch, I, I can't pronounce it. It's, it. it's so ridiculous to me that people are going on soapbox about it. Butch, okay? If, if it's that big of a deal, like, should he just quit the business because his name is Bush? That is there a wrestler that's immune to changing their character? You know, maybe there's other wrestling fans than the fucking marks that read websites every single day and surf through wrestling Twitter. I, I sometimes I think the biggest storyline in wrestling today, the business, regardless of promotion, is wrestling Twitter and reality. Wrestling Twitter is in such a bubble that they think that they are the actual wrestling audience. That they their their opinions, their narratives, their mindset is what every wrestling fan thinks like. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, you can pick out any of your favorite IWC darlings. I don't think a casual person at an airport can pinpoint one of them out. And this is calling it what it is. So, if you think Pete Dunn's career is ruined because they changed his name, God, man, I, I gotta look at Gunther. Nothing's, nothing has changed with him in NXT. We'll have to see. <laughs> Let's look at this WrestleMania card really quick. We've got Charlotte Flair against Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's title on night one. Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair. I think it's very interesting that both of the women's sound matches on that same night. That should be interesting. Uh, obviously, the KL show is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, the Usos against Nakamura Boogs, like I mentioned earlier. The Mysterios against the Miz and Logan Paul. Drew McIntyre against Baron Corbin. That's the other match I was going to mention about a match that could be uh, proving a lot of people wrong. I think that match is going to be pretty good, actually. 
Uh, night two, Sami Zayn against Johnny Knoxville, Pat McAfee against Austin Theory. If by the way, if you don't think that Drew McIntyre is going to walk into WrestleMania with a chip on his shoulder after going into last year's WrestleMania, uh, last year's WrestleMania going after the WWE title, you got another thing coming. I, I'm just going to tell you right now. If you don't think Drew McIntyre is going to try to give a middle finger to everybody that weekend and tear the house down with Happy Corbin of all people. Uh, and I'm a Corbin fan, by the way. I'm just telling you right now, don't sleep on this match. This match is going to be better than you think. Trust me. Uh, Pat McAfee and Austin Theory. Uh, Queen Selena and Carmella against Sasha Banks, Naomi, Rhea Ripley, and uh, Liv Morgan. Waterfall. The finest waterfall of all. In a triple threat match for the women's tag team titles. Edge and AJ Styles. That should be the prelim. Classic style wrestling match, so that should be a lot of fun to type out. Roman Reigns against Rockets Lesnar for the both the WWE title and the Universal title winner takes all. And then, of course, Randy Orton and Matt Riddle against Street Profits for the Raw Tag Team title. So, I, I've been seeing a lot of people on Twitter say this is the weakest WrestleMania card of all time. Very interesting. A lot of takes. I don't know if there's a lot of substance in those takes, but there's a lot of takes nonetheless. All right, to wrap this up, I will talk about this really quick. We got NXT UK today. You guys know my thoughts on NXT UK. I'm an NXT UK mark. Uh, we have Roderick Strong in the main event today against Wolfgang. That's going to be awesome. We got the beautiful Aaliyah James taking on Stevie Turner in women's action. We also see Tyler Bate against Oliver Kata, Jonathan Hood's favorite NXT superstar. <laughs> That should be a fun match to type out too. So make sure to check out NXT UK. And uh, that, folks, right there is my thoughts on what happened this week in WWE. On that note, it's time to give the people what they want. It's time for another restaurant quality edition of What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. We're going to start this off with Brother Carter via satellite this week in a 3, 2, 1. Beat. Your meat, beat, beat, your meat, beat, your meat, beat, beat, your meat, beat, your meat, beat, beat, your meat, beat, your meat, beat, beat, your meat. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. the hell is wrong with AEW? While I enjoyed the 300th episode of the greatest what the hell is wrong with AEW of all time, I'm back via satellite, but that's okay. That doesn't mean the content is going to be any better or any worse, except from all elite wrestling whose content is terrible. But let's get into it and let's talk. start with talking about the good stuff I enjoyed this week. A few things, a few things, they're few and far between, but well, well let's get into it. I have to say, very nice trios match to open the show, and I give credit where credit is due. I wish they hadn't resorted to so many planned spots after the break, but overall, I thought this was very well done. Adam Cole and Red Dragon looked good. Uh, Lucha Express and um, Hangman Adam Page looked great. So I enjoyed the match overall again. It, it got too spotty for me after the commercial 
or after the picture-in-picture, picture. but overall, I thought this was a very well-done match and a good way to open the show. And not a bad match with Danielson and Moxley and best friends. I'd actually be okay with Wheeler Yuta getting some tutelage from Regal, uh, Moxley, and Danielson. I think that'd be great. That's what the group was formed to do, right, was to start, uh, you know, taking care of and mentoring the young wrestlers. And Wheeler Yuta has some talent. So I think him with Mox, eventually with Regal, Moxley, and Danielson, I think would be great. Eventually he turns on best friends and then they end up all being together. I think that'd be terrific and I'd love to see it. The best part about that segment was that we didn't have to see Orange Cassidy or Danhausen wrestle, but we've never seen Danhausen do anything. And I'll talk about that here in a minute. Good match with Wardlow and Scorpio Sky. Wardlow starting to come into his own as a singles wrestler. The storyline actually makes sense with MJF and Spears going after him. What a concept! And two of the best characters in AEW are in business together. I love both MJF and Dan Lambert. A match made in heaven, and they're working together. That's great. And then finally, very cool entrance for the hometown hero, Thunder Rosa, with the mariachi band. That was really cool. Shout out to Britt Baker for paying homage to Too Sweet Scott Hall with her ring gear, ring gear. And I'll talk about talk more about that in the thoughts of Derrico. But uh, I thought that his entrance was really cool. And shout out to Britt Baker. And congratulations to Thunder Rosa getting to the top of the mountain and finally becoming the AEW Women's Champion. She definitely deserves that. Deserves to be a world champion in the company. I'm congratulating her. And I thought the accomplishment of winning the championship was good. But the match itself was terrible, and that's not Thunder Rosa's fault. And we'll get into that here in just a minute. So now let's talk about the crap and talk about what the hell is wrong with AEW. So getting back to this Danielson and Moxley versus best friend match, is this faces versus faces? Like, who am I supposed to cheer for? You know, obviously best friends act like they're faces, but Moxley and reaction, Moxley and Danielson get the reaction of a crowd, and Regal get the reaction of a crowd like they're these super over baby faces. So who exactly am I supposed to cheer for in that match? And I've got to say it, as I've said it multiple times, I have no idea why Danhausen has the following that he does. What exactly does he do to contribute to professional wrestling? Absolutely nothing. He goes out there, he puts curses on people, but I don't know if he can actually wrestle. He looks like one of those backstage dancers in Michael Jackson's Thriller video. It's about all he looks like to me. He, is, he, he does absolutely nothing, and I have no idea why he has this following that he does. The Young Bucks are incredibly annoying, and not in a good way. I honestly don't want to see them ever on my television. And I have a serious question. What about the Young Bucks is appealing? How do they have such this cult following? I don't get it. They can't cut a promo. All they do is spots. They can't tell a story in the ring. What exactly makes them a great team? What about the Young Bucks is elite? It's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. Yet somehow, because Seltzer and Alvarez and all these stupid-ass internet wrestling marts have heralded them as the greatest team of all time for some stupid reason, they get all this praise and all this money. It makes no sense. The Young Bucks suck. Bucks suck. I gotta give the Jericho Appreciation Society credit. They're finally realizing what actually makes money in this business which is to be a sports entertainer and not a pro wrestler. I'm sorry, but that's what the people want to see. If you're just a pro wrestler, that's half the battle in pro wrestling these days. I'm sorry, but that's where the industry is. It's like not having a website for your company. Like, that's part of having a business these days. Being a sports entertainer is where the wrestling business has become these days. Now, that being said, I have no idea what to think about this faction. I'm going to have to see how this plays out. I I appreciate the concept. They realize they need to be sports entertainers. But 
I also know that Jericho should be the only one that talks in that group, which happens to be the opposite of a sports entertainer, so that doesn't bode well for them. Ever-Rise slash 2.0 should never be allowed to talk. Daniel Garcia has about the charisma about my left pinky, and nobody should ever let Jake Hager talk ever. So, um, at jhambone213 on Twitter summed it up nicely. It's awful. Literally cringe. It's like they are taking the worst of the, the they are taking the worst parts of the internet wrestling community and turning it into a storyline. Bravo. So again, that's at jhambone213 on Twitter. Well done, sir. Good for you. And okay, so then now going back to the Wardlow MJF thing. Of course, they go to commercial when we're about to see MJF do what he does best, which is talk trash. Brilliant, brilliant, Tony Khan. Way to way to sit, you know, way to format your television show so that one of your top stars who we haven't seen on television for two weeks is actually going to do what he does best. Bravo. By the way, where's CM Punk been? Like, is he hurt? I haven't heard anything about this. So the hottest wrestler in your company has not been on television for two weeks. Genius. I will admit it was cool to see the Hardys and Axe again together, but where do they go from there? Are we going to get an upcoming 12-man tag team match on Rampage with them, Sting, and Darby Allin, and maybe Sammy Guevara against the AFO? Like, who wants to see that? That's, well, I mean, AEW thinks they do to create these ridiculous 10-man tags because that's what they did in WCW. And if it ain't the nostalgia era or if it ain't the elite, it must be crap. Why does AEW care so much about the thoughts of biased publications? I mean, I know the answer to that. I think they mentioned the PWI at least three times during the show. By the way, we're going into the uh, main event, I I should have mentioned. Uh, This is now talking about the main event, Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker. So, again, they mentioned the PW, that their match, their lights-out match from St. Patrick's Day Slam in 2021 was the match of the year by PWI, which was incorrect, by the way. That was not the match of the year. That was So, that, so one, that was incorrect. Two, they care more about what a, a, a dirt-sheet publication thinks more about than putting on their own product. By the way, for the AEW Awards, if you want to know what the AEW Awards are, just look at the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. That's all you need to know about what the AEW Awards show will be next week. It doesn't really matter what the people think. All that matters is what Seltzer and Alvarez, the most overrated and biased wrestling publication of all time, thinks. So there you go. Britt Baker blades about two minutes into the match, and Thunder Rose is not far after that. Color is not special. Bleeding and crimson is not special in AEW anymore because they do it every week. It means absolutely nothing. Okay. Britt Baker took a hard part of the chair right to the back when she did that spot off the cage into the chairs. What the hell was the point of that? A potentially potentially unnecessary bump that could have led to serious injury. And then, of course, they bring out the stupid, stupid thumbtacks. Like, they wanted to turn this into a garbage wannabe death match as quickly as possible, and they succeeded. The best part about this match was when it was over because it means two things. One... Thunder Rosa is the AEW Women's Champion, which she deserves. But more importantly, Britt Baker is not. So congratulations to Thunder Rosa. She is way better than the crap she's had to go through with DMD. Uh, Yeah, she deserves the title, but not to be subjected to her this kind of crap that she's doing with Britt Baker. Britt Baker has become about as sloppy as it gets and needs to go to the back of the line. She has fallen so fast, and I've said it many times, it's no coincidence that her stock fell as soon as Adam Cole showed up. It's no coincidence at all. So thank God the title is off of her. It's now on Thunder Rosa, and we can finally get a match between her and the best women's wrestler in AEW, which is Jade Cargill, and that needs to happen. But I don't have faith in that because I don't have faith in this company. Seriously, what the hell is wrong with AEW? 
This has been What the Hell is Wrong with A-E-W. Shout out to Brother Carter for a wonderful submission for this week's edition of What the Hell is Wrong with AEW, a.k.a. What Isn't Wrong with AEW. Let me ask you guys a question. Does it ever feel to you that you get a vibe that AEW is like what it would be if you went to a wrestling high school? Not talk about amateur wrestling, even though there's a lot of amateur pro wrestling (laughs) on this program. Don't you get that pretentious vibe like you would get in high school where you have the AP AP kids look down on the regular kids just trying to do their own thing? I don't know, kind of like Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hob being in their fields because people from other companies are coming in and trying to take their spots. Like the cliques, the the factions, the are you my friend, are you not angles? We have a Jericho Appreciation Society. Like, don't you feel like you get this school-esque vibe from AEW? This pretentious, uh, oh, by the way, elitist? Kind of, it's kind of interesting that they add elite to the name of their promotion. Because it sure as fuck ain't elite wrestling, but there is a lot of elite characteristics that spews out of this promotion and elitist attitudes and elitist uh, vibes that comes from their promotion. That there's what there's, (laughs) they'll tell you that there's more than one way of doing wrestling, but they'll also tell you that their style of wrestling and their fandom and their outreach and their dirt sheet mindsets is the other way to present professional wrestling. I find it quite hypocritical, to be honest with you, for the company that says, oh, we want to be inclusive. We want everybody to enjoy AEW. We want it to be sports-based wrestling. And then, oh, we will offer you pockets in Danhausen. And we'll offer you God knows who else next. <laughs> I, I, I find the dexterity of AEW to be very interesting because they'll tell you one thing and then they offer you something else. It's it's fascinating. I'm the only one that can see through their bullshit, but hey, that's why you guys listen to this podcast, right? So, we started off the show with two pointless tag matches that overstayed its welcome. First off, so, if you wanted Red Dragon to get a chance to fight the Jungle Express for the tag titles... Why wouldn't Kyle or Bobby get the pin on Jungle Boy? Why did Adam Cole need to put Jungle Boy away with the last shot? Interesting. So because Cole wins, all that automatically grants Red Dragon a title shot? Would it have more meaning for Mr. Fish and O'Reilly? All we could do is hamstring kicks and combination strikes? Yo! This is pro wrestling. It's not an MMA fight. That match went way, way too long. And I, again, I have no interest in a Cole and Page rematch. And here comes the hyperbole machine again. Tony Schiavone called Adam Cole versus Hangman Page at Revolution 
A classic. Brother, I know you're getting the checks, man. I know you got your podcast. I know you got Tony Khan. I know you got your head shoved up Tony Khan's ass. The paycheck's not going anywhere. Can you stop lying to your audience and say that was a classic match? A classic. Adam Cole versus Hangman at Revolution where each other were making each other look stupid with fake out false finishes and Cole doing super kicks every other every other three minutes of the match. According to that, that's a classic in your eyes, pal. And then we go to John Boxley and Brian Danielson against Wheeler Yuta and Chuck Taylor. Just like Brother Carter said, fine action. Like the heart that I saw from Wheeler Yuta, I thought that was interesting. You know, if, if he wanted to show himself to join that group of William Regal, I can see where they're going with, with there. But as far as the match is concerned, who the hell am I supposed to cheer for? Two babyface teams. You got Moxley working as a heel during the match. Makes a lot of sense. But here we go. Yeah, it's, it, it doubles over with the nonsense that goes on with this promotion. You see every AEW tag team match. I mentioned every single week that the referees are basically useless. The dead horse ref was useless in the first match. People running into the ring in and out when they're not legal. Uh, doing spots in the corner. Take, you know, they tell you you have 10 seconds to get out of the ring after attacking AEW. But we have illegal performers setting up a double doomsday device spot in the corner. Let's find that interesting. And then Moxley and Danielson are not excluded from criticism. I, I don't care how over they are in the dirt sheets and everybody. I respect them as performers and as people. But they're not immune to criticism either. You know, you two are tagging in with each other and just standing next to each other while the, the other person's doing mid-kicks and stuff. Get the fuck out of the ring! Stop making your officials look stupid. This is supposed to be a sports-based wrestling promotion. You make your fucking referees completely useless. Get out of the ring! One thing for cutting the ring, and then the other thing is just having a match to have a bunch of moves where everybody makes where everybody in the ring looks stupid and there's no story told. We got the story of Wheelie Yuda, so I'll give credit where credit's due. Fine, I don't have a problem with that. And then we get to the Young Bucks and FTR backstage. Boy, if this promo was on Monday Night Raw, people would be up in arms about this. Because, boy, did the Bucks try their best to verbally emasculate FTR backstage with Tony Schiavone. <laughs> I just found it funny. They The Hartley boys, with their infinite, infinite charisma on the microphone, especially Matt Jackson. Please keep all microphones away from Matt Jackson, if that's at all possible. <laughs> the pretentious douchey vibes is littered through all over this goddamn show, man. Who am I supposed to resonate with? Who am I supposed to relate to on this damn program? It sure as fuck ain't the Jericho Appreciation Society. Let's listen to this garbage. You don't appreciate me. The roster of AEW doesn't appreciate me. The inner circle never appreciated me. 
Sammy Guevara walked out on me. Santana and Ortiz disrespected me. And their little buddy, Eddie Kingston, had the audacity to embarrass me on national pay-per-view by making me tap out. Listen, you can cheer for him all you want. He's not coming out. They're probably not coming out here ever again, thanks to us, okay? Keep that in mind. They don't appreciate me, but these men do. And that's why we are the Jericho Appreciation Society. We appreciate each other because we realize very quickly we can't relate to the rest of the AEW roster. We aren't like the rest of the AEW roster because they're nothing more than pro wrestlers. And a pro wrestler has never been legendary. A pro wrestler has never been a millionaire. And as a legendary millionaire many times over, the only reason I was able to do it is because I am not a pro wrestler. I am a sports entertainer. If there's one thing that came out of that nine-minute soliloquy last night that I wish I could take back, but I can't, I, I guess I'm just a glutton for punishment, guys. <laughs> if there's one thing I could take away from that segment, is that it's not a confirmation that we need to appreciate Chris Jericho more. It's just another confirmation that this dude needs an excessive break from television. Please tell me how this group is going to benefit any of those guys in that group. You know, 2.0 going on Talk is Jericho is not going to make me feel sorry for them. Yes, yeah, a shitty situation. They got fired. I'm not, not going to say that I don't feel bad for people when they lose their jobs. But them going on Talk is Jericho... And then randomly getting AEW jobs the next day. It's not new to me. That happens with everybody. It's kind of like the... Uh, it's kind of like your first week in itinerary. When you get signed to AEW. You you sign with AEW. You do talk to Jericho. And then you do that shitty podcast with Aubrey Edwards. Hey, look at me. It's Aubrey Edwards and Tony Schiavone. Uh, the unrestricted show. So, like... <laughs> Jericho's like, oh, I called my friend, my best friend Kevin, and I, I, I brought my guy, I brought these two guys on my podcast, and then they got jobs with AEW. Wow, I'm supposed to feel sorry for them. Nope. <laughs> Scorpio Sky and Wardlow. Uh, I thought this match got a little bit sloppy from here and there, um, and I'll say this. Um, was not surprised by NGF and Sean Spears costing Wardlow. But also, I'll say this. Um, I, I thought all the timing of all that was a little bit forced, to be honest with you. I, I tried to enjoy the match, but I just couldn't. I just thought it was a little bit sloppy. I'm kind of curious to see who's next for Jake Cargill for her next title defense. Um... I, I was happy to see the Hardys back in the ring with each other, but I thought the match went way too long. It's kind of the thing I mentioned before with AW, where they drop their load and rush into things when they don't have to. 
like this match in particular with Pride Party did not need to go full length. It did not have to be on this episode of Dynamite. Um, I appreciate the fact that Tony Khan wants to have these type of matches for his Mark audience. But as a casual viewer, and you just saw these guys turn their back on Matt Hardy, and then they have a full-length match and they lose the next week, why should I care about a rematch down the road? Why? Because we had an afterbirth brawl? Well, we're gonna, like Bernard Carr said, we're going to have a, a fucking 12-man tag match down the road with these guys? Like, who cares? <laughs> Here, here's the lineup for Rampage this week. Darby Allen against the Butcher. Next, Layla Hurts against Red Velvet. I, I think that match would be decent. Uh, the House of Black versus Bear Country and Fuego Del Sol. Next. And then the main event, Keith Lee and Max Caster. Wow. You wonder why your show on Friday nights can't go past fucking 500,000 viewers a week. And then we had Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm very happy for Thunder that she became the AW Women's World Champion. I, I love the entrance. I thought that was really cool. All that was fine with me. Uh, but again, I had to I had to call a spade a spade. And all due respect to Britt and her promo ability is great and all that. But there's a lot of sloppiness. If you're going to be doing forearms, you got to lay the shit in. These windmill fucking my pillow forearms that she throws are just sloppy. They really are. If you're gonna do a forearm exchange, you've got to lay this shit in. And it took away from my believability of the match. Wow, was I really supposed to be surprised that there was gonna be blood in this match? Like what when is there an AW show? One show throughout the week where there's not blood involved. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I watch the show. I'm trying to find something different in it that I could latch out to and be like, hey, you know what? This was makes AW an alternative. But I can't. I watch the shows each week. I cover the shows each week. And it, I just get vibes of TNA in 2008, 2010 on Spike. That's the vibes I get from it. So, on that note, that is what the hell is wrong with AEW this week. I'd like to thank everybody for hanging out with us for another special edition of the Hoots Podcast this week. Make sure to follow me on Twitter if you like at Josh Lopez Media. Make sure to bookmark ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Get me up on Instagram if you like to at JoshLopez94. Also, hit up Brother Carter on Twitter at Derek Stout. Make sure to support his work at uh, DerekStout.com. And uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, anywhere you get your podcasts from. Uh, also, our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash the Hoots Podcast. Uh, just type it in, you'll find it there. Just subscribe there. It really, I really want to get our show past 200 uh, subscribers. I want to start up, I want to get our uh, YouTube viewership up as we get to this next era of the podcast. So, I want to thank you guys for hanging out with me this week. Remember, be the authentic product that is yourself and never let anybody dictate the pace of your life but yourself and the man upstairs. Uh, I'm excited for this weekend. We got the Crockett Cup coming up and I'll be covering that this weekend. But also on Saturday night, I'm going to see my favorite rock band perform in person at the United Center. 
It's the Eagles. Yes, I'm going to see the Eagles perform their Hotel California tour. I wasn't even alive when they had the original Hotel California tour. So, 50 years of Eagles and they're back at the United Center. I was not going to miss this show under any circumstances. So, I can't fucking wait. That's going to be a blast. I'm really excited for that. So, Oh, you guys have a wonderful weekend. We're a couple weeks out from WrestleMania. I'll let you guys know what I'm going to be doing on the Dallas as we get closer to that. And um, it should be a lot of fun. So, for Brother Carter, I'm Joshie. This has been episode 301 of the Hoops Podcast. And speaking of Brother, Brother Carter, we're going to send it off to him right now for this latest edition of the Thoughts of Derek Co. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the family of Scott Hall. Our thoughts and prayers go out to Big E. As we recover from this neck injury and neck surgery. We love you guys. We'll talk to y'all next week. Uh, Yes, sir. And now, the thoughts of Derrico. Listen well, man. Hey, yo. Welcome to the thoughts of Derrico. And that's how we're starting the introduction this week. Because the world lost one of the most influential professional wrestlers of all time this week. Obviously, the big news story of the week, Scott Hall passed away on Monday evening right before Raw went on the air at age 63. And I got to tell you, man, this one hurt a little bit. Scott Hall was actually one of the reasons that I became a lifelong wrestling fan. In fact, you could say, pun intended here, that I became a wrestling fan for life because of Scott Hall. Um, I was kind of, I'd watched wrestling a little bit growing up, uh, and then went away from it for a while. Then I remember moving to the States and was flipping around the channels and I saw this NWO thing on television. I was like, what the heck is this? And, and then in doing my research and stuff, I remembered Scott Hall or, and I learned that Scott Hall was one of the people that did it. Like he got it started. Scott Hall was the first person to jump to WCW and start the NWO, the, the plant the seed for the formation of the NWO a couple months after his debut. So that foundation, you know, for me was was again, it was the catalyst that got became that got me to be a lifelong wrestling fan. And I still to this day think the Outsiders was one of the best tag teams of all time. I'm just so sad that Scott Hall never won a world championship, that he never had the opportunity to be a world champion. So I was always sad about that, but I mean, obviously he had his, you know, he had his personal problems, but he had gotten over those and was uh, every accounts that I've read was a terrific person, a terrific family person, and he will be dearly, dearly missed. So, you know, when he says bad times don't last, but bad guys do, truer words have not been spoken. So rest in peace, Scott Hall, you will be sorely, sorely, sorely missed. Uh, just a few other things um, I want to talk about this week. Uh, we'll start by getting into SmackDown. Just a couple things about SmackDown. Uh, the other big news story of the week was the m- significant injury that took place this past week on SmackDown with Big E um, and that throw that he took um, by Ridge Holland and just didn't quite execute it correctly. And I and I don't know if it was a Ridge Holland thing or or what happened, but um, you know, obviously the news broke. Big E broke his neck. Um, it sounds like it's not career threatening or life threatening, which is great news. Um, 
honestly, part of me, my, my heart goes out to Ridge Holland because you know you never want to be responsible for causing a major injury. So I'm sure he's feeling a ton of grief and perhaps getting some unnecessary heat. So uh, my my thoughts go out to Ridge Holland as well as Big E because obviously it's just, accidents happen. I mean, this is sports. Accidents happen. You know, you never in, you never intend to hurt your opponent. You never go out there to try to hurt somebody, but. Again, when you're out there competing as a professional athlete, accidents happen. So, anyways, I hope that Big E can recover from this injury and be back stronger than ever. Uh, I hope Ridge Holland can recover from this as well. Uh, so, listen, shout out to Big E. Shout out to Big E. Hope he feels better real soon. Glad we got the thumbs up after he was wheeled out on a stretcher. And I just hope he's okay, man. Okay, let's get into the actual things. Just a couple things about SmackDown this week. All right. Internet, listen to me very, very carefully. Pete Dunn's name being changed to Butch is not the end of the world. It will not kill his career. Now, I didn't like it either, but it's being done for storyline purposes. Seamus has said, I've always known Pete, I've known Pete Dunn for years. That's how, that's how we've known him. We've known him as Butch. So, like, it's for storyline purposes. And shout out to Pat McAfee for diffusing the internet by acknowledging that's part of Butch for storyline purposes and saying, hey, we knew him as somebody else, but now he's going by his original name or whatever. Pat McAfee is a true professional's professional. So calm down, internet. It's not the end of the world. Pete Dunn or Butch now is good enough. It will be just fine. Don't worry about it. Um, the Sami Zayn, Johnny Knoxville stuff is hilarious. Uh, they use TMZ as well as Twitter. Uh, you know, posting his phone number and Sami Zayn actually getting calls and tweets and texts, I think is hilarious. So I think that's great. And for WrestleMania, celebrity stuff works. So especially somebody like Johnny Knoxville who wants to be there. So I thought that was great. thought that was terrific. I hope that they make Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey a submission match. It seems like that's the way that they're going. Um, also, I think that I, I acknowledge, I love Charlotte Flair, acknowledge her as the GOAT. But Ronda Rousey looks like the most professional and complete package in all of women's wrestling. She she looks good. She moves good. She needs to get a little bit better on the mic and be a little bit more enthusiastic in her promos. But in ring work, she has no equal. Uh, Ronda Rousey is amazing. And I can't wait to see her against the GOAT Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. They have got to do more with Shayna Baszler after WrestleMania. She is total, total money. And I don't know why they haven't at this point. Uh, Rick Boogs and Nakamura versus the Usos should be fun. That should be a good match. And Pat McAfee looks great in his brawl uh, with Austin Theory. And clearly, WWE is all in on both Austin Theory and Pat McAfee because what they do with them is is it's no doubt that they value them as two important commodities and all, they're all in on both of them for the future. So good stuff from SmackDown this week. Let's switch gears to Raw. I didn't have a chance to watch Raw this week, um, but just a couple things to talk about. Um... Kevin Owens starting off with Hey Yo, that's awesome. There's a lot of uh, shout-outs to, to Scott Hall. Well, obviously, and also here's another thing. A lot of people are pissed off that they weren't able to, that they didn't do a video package or like a $10 salute or whatever to Scott Hall. They just found out moments before the show that he had passed away. So they had a graphic prepared just in case, and they got a video package together just in case. They did what they could do. I'm sure we'll get more stuff on SmackDown this week. But once again, Internet relax that's the theme of the week internet relax iwc relax 
Maybe that person was right when they said that you know AEW doing that angle of Jericho is bring, taking the worst of the IWC and turning it into a storyline and actually calling out the internet wrestling community on their complete and utter bullshit. Wrestling fans are the most toxic fans of wrestling industry. It's sad to say it, but it's true. All right, a couple things. Uh, nice match from uh, Damian Priest and Finn Balor. Shout out to Damian Priest for using the Razor's Edge. That's awesome. Uh, let's see, just a couple other things. Some of the things that that caught my um, caught my my eye. Um, let's see, uh, the the Miz and Logan Paul stuff is hilarious. That's going to be great. I've been doing a lot of push-ups and sit-ups. That was great from Logan Paul. I love that. That should be a lot of fun. Man, okay, I got to tell you, I'm digging this new eight, this new edge, and this new entrance theme that he came out to this week was awesome. That's so cool. Just a complete shift in his character. I wish he wouldn't insult the crowd as much, but I, I mean, again, just another dynamic to Edge's character. And I hope Beth Phoenix gets involved. She tweeted out about that, about like, hey, this isn't the real you. So I'm, I'm loving this. We'll see Edge back next week, or AJ Styles back next week. So that should be fun leading up to WrestleMania in a, in a couple. Really, it's not that far away. Only about three weeks away to WrestleMania. Um, so I'm digging this new Edge and this new chant and the new theme music. That was really cool. Uh, let's see, um, Becky Lynch, uh, does a beatdown on Bianca Belair, and so, um, obviously it's a storyline injury for Bianca Belair, hopefully she'll be back next week, um, I continue to love RK Bro, Matt Riddle is freaking hilarious, (laughs) oh, that's great, I love it, um, also, Montez Ford is a superstar in the making, my god, is he a superstar in the making, I love me some Montez Ford, I hope that after WrestleMania, he'll get a shot as a singles run because I think he deserves it. And then, of course, um, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, they'll never have a bad match. And that was a great way to end the show. And those are the thoughts of Derrico this week. Uh, My final thought is, as we've seen this week, life can be precious with injuries and passing aways. Never Never pass up on an opportunity to tell the loved ones or the people you love the most that you care about them and you love them because you never know when you'll have that opportunity again. This has been the thoughts of Derrico. You're smarter now, man.